This episode is brought to you by Outgrow. Are you looking to grow your online business with a tool that's used by Salesforce, Nike, and Adobe, but also accessible to freelancers and entrepreneurs like us? Outgrow's powerful software allows any marketer to build a wide range of personalized, engaging tools, such as calculators, graders, assessments, and quizzes, without any technical or design experience. These interactive content pieces have been continuously outshining standard marketing techniques with over 38% conversion rates. Outgrow makes it easy for you to engage with your audience, assess their knowledge, recommend specific plans and products while improving your conversion rate. I personally love the vast number of tools they have available and am currently using Outgrow to build a chatbot. I've always been genuinely interested in adding one of these to my sites, but I've never pulled the trigger. Outgrow is helping me do that, and they can help you too. You can sign up for Outgrow at outgrow.co slash joe. That's outgrow.co slash j-o-e to get a special 30-day free trial, no strings attached. Try Outgrow today to boost your business. Thanks so much to Outgrow for supporting the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 201 of How I Built It. My name's Joe Casabona. How I Built It's a podcast about how small businesses grow. Uh, And I'm excited to be here with my good friend and fantastic person, Jennifer Bourne. Jennifer Bourne is a designer, content strategist, and business mentor. She's got many things going on, but profitable project plan is the thing that we're talking about today. Jennifer Bourne, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for being here. Uh, we are hot off the heels of a webinar that I will link in the show notes for this episode over at howibuilt.it slash 201. Before we get too deep into it, I do want to tell you that our sponsors for this week are Restrict Content Pro, uh, Hostinger, and Text Expander. You'll learn more about them later in the show. But for now, I want to focus all of my energy on Jennifer Bourne and the Profitable Project Plan. Uh, So this is your second time back on the show. The first time we talked about kind of the early stages of this, and I'm excited to bring you back on so we could talk about how it's evolved over time, because I think a lot of people think they create like an online course uh, or an online program, and then they just let it go. And then it's truly passive income, but it's not. And that's what we're going to learn about today. So it's so not, (laughs) it's the, it's the opposite of that. Even I'll just tell you before we, before we actually fully focus on you that, um, when I was teaching a computer literacy course at the university of Scranton, uh, a bunch of the teachers in my department made comments to me about how, Oh, well that like you've been teaching that for a couple of semesters. Now it's on autopilot. And I'm like, it is not on autopilot. Like the, Computers change all the time. This is like, I put the most effort into that because it's like my least knowledgeable group of students. And it's like the most important stuff I'm teaching. So I just thought it was really interesting that like even in-person classes can be viewed as like autopilot. I'll just teach the same lessons from now until eternity. Well, and I think a lot of people look at it as sweet. I can create this one time and then put zero effort in and it's just going to continue to generate cash. And there are some instances where that may be true, but most of the time you need to be working on improving 
your first one out of the gate is not going to be your best one, folks. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And not to mention, like, you're you're at least always going to be uh, marketing or convincing new groups of people that you know what you're talking about, right? Like, unless you already have, like, the entire niche for your course following you already, which in that case, don't you don't need to listen to this podcast. You, <laughs> come on this podcast and tell me how you do it, right? So, um, but for those of you who don't know you, Jennifer Bourne, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I have been... Uh, uh, I have been a designer for my entire career. I've never done anything else. So 22 years, I have been a designer. Um, I built uh, my own agency. After having a freelance career, I hired my husband to do everything that I didn't want to do. And he came in and took over and changed everything. And it was an interesting experience. We worked together for for nearly 10 years. Um, he exited the business. So I'm now back to being on my own. I've gone from up to five people all the way down to just me. Uh, and I think over the last several years, I really realized that as important as it, building websites for people were, they weren't using the things that they were investing in. They were investing all this money in building their website. And then they'd have all these grand plans of blogging and podcasting and doing all these things. And then they'd launch it and they'd do nothing. And so I fell kind of into content strategy, helping clients actually use the site they spent time and money and energy into creating. And then as my business grew and uh, my business changed and shifted and my clients kind of changed and shifted, I started offering courses as well. Uh, And Profitable Project Plan is my flagship course it led into workshops like Content Camp and some of the other mini courses uh, that I offer. But Profitable Project Plan really kind of was a game changer for me. Like, I know a lot of people create courses to escape client work, but I love client work and I still do client services to this day. Like, I believe if you're going to sell a course doing something, you kind of should be doing it yourself. Yeah, that's that's 100%. People ask me like, uh, if you, are you getting into podcasting or you're like doing the LinkedIn learning courses and do you still do development? And I'm like, I mean, I'm te- like over at LinkedIn learning, I'm teaching development. Like I I have to keep doing development. Otherwise, I'm not going to know what I'm doing. So uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Plus a, I mean, depending on the course, right? My courses are generally priced below $500. Those can generally be a, a, a lead to more client work, right? Somebody takes my course. Uh, they're like, this is all great. Now I know what's going on, but I don't have the time to do it. Joe, will you do it for me? And I'm like, yeah, that's that's my done for you service. Let's talk. So um, yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right there. Uh, something else you said there was you grew to maybe like five employees and d- back down to one. Uh, I feel like a lot of people think like the number of employees you have shows how big your business is when in actuality it just shows like how much money that you're spending that maybe you don't need to spend. Um. <laughs> okay. I adore the fact that you said that because I think, and I had this mindset, I felt I was victim of this for a long time. I think that there is this kind of notion that if you're not always launching and you're not always on the next thing and you're not always hiring another person and you're not always, we're growing and we're hiring and we're growing and we're hiring and we're launching and I have a new thing. Like if you're not always in that mode, there's something wrong with you. Like you're not doing enough. And I kind of fell victim to that for a while. Like I was like, but 
if I'm not growing and I'm not hiring and I'm not doing all these things and I'm not doing enough, then I must be crap, right? Like compared to everybody else, like I must just be crap. And, um, and I think there's this fallacy in that, that I, I got to peek behind the scenes of a lot, a lot of business, a lot of businesses. And I got to work with a lot of really big name people that you probably would recognize if I said their name. And I got to peek into the back end of their business in our time together. And what I realized is that the outlay of cash that it costs to be chugging that train and to keep that train going is unreal, right? And when I talk about building, you know, like establishing your hourly rate and building profitability into your business and things like that, one of the things that I always kind of highlight is this notion of everybody talks about building a six-figure business or a seven-figure business. And nobody talks about the fact that that's six figures or seven figures gross, but when you look behind the scenes, yeah, you might have made a million bucks, but you sent, spent like $750,000 in ads and another hundred grand on people. And you're walking away with what? 50 grand, 65 grand. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is smoke and mirrors. Like I net more than you do. And you have a million, you have a million dollar business. Like that's insane. And I started to realize as I gained more experience in business and more exposure to kind of the behind the scenes working of a lot of different kinds of businesses, I realized really just how little gross matters and how much net matters, right? You want to talk six, seven figures, whatever, like talk to me about what you're bringing home and then we'll, then we'll have a discussion. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. You know, I, I, don't brag about how much money I make every, I make enough money to support my family. And that's, yep. I'm happy with that. Okay, do I want to, who doesn't want to make a little bit more? But if you're, if your business is bringing in a million dollars and you're spending a million and one, your business is a failure. You're not making any money. Like, yeah, people always ask, you know, how much, how much money do you want to make? What are your goals? Like, how much do you want to get? And I'm like, look, as long as every time I swipe my ATM card, I can buy whatever I want. And I don't have to think about it. And I can take the vacations I want and travel with my family. Like, what more do I need? That is amazing. Yeah. And that's that's what I think is a problem, right? Is like the hustle, hustle culture or whatever. People think that they need to start a business to build a big business. I quit my job at an agency because I, well, I mean, longtime listeners have heard this a million times. Um, but I, I started my business to spend more time with my family. So as long I as I can that's why make, a lot of people yeah, do it. Yeah. And so to those people who are like us, don't listen to Gary V or the person saying, oh, yes, I net a million. I, I, I grossed a million dollars last year and you got to always make more money. And now it's $10 million or whatever. Like, just do what makes you happy. Like, as long as you can support your family or support whatever it is. If you decide you start a business for X reason and you are fulfilled, great. You're doing great. Don't listen to anybody else. Thanks <laughs> well, for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, I think that's part of the thing too is, is when I, so when I originally implemented what became Profitable Project Plan in my business, right, when I first created those systems and processes and rolled them out with my clients, I was able to reduce the amount of administrative time on projects by 50%. And when you're doing 10, 12, 15 projects at a time, which is what we were doing, that is an amazing amount of time that you're saving. And with that extra time, right, you have a decision to make. If I gain back a full day per week of extra time, 
Am I going to fill that with more client work to make even more money? Or am I going to let that be? And I'm going to work less for the same amount of money. Right? You get to choose as the business owner. Some people are going to choose to work more and make more. And some people are going to say, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I would love to work a whole day less per week. That's what I chose, by the way. <laughs> yeah, uh, 100% me too. I mean, I didn't, this year, I didn't have much of a choice, right? Because uh, with the pandemic, we're keeping our kids home. And so on the days my wife works, I'm, you know, I'm dad. Uh, uh, and so, you know, I, I'm lucky enough to have a business in a position where I can take half of the week off and, and still be able to support my family. Well, and I think that was one of those things, like my kids right now are, are 17 and 15, but when I actively kind of started shifting the way I looked at what success meant to me and what I wanted my business to be and what, like the, what I wanted my lifestyle to be, right? My kids were a lot younger. They were like six, seven, eight. They were, they were little. And I thought you only have so much time, right? Like if you look at from Like, I think Natalie, at one point we were talking about this with somebody and I'm like, she's 10, right? In eight years, she's gone. I only have eight more years. I want to suck up every single minute that I can and make the most of it and travel and go on vacations and do all these things. So I did all this stuff for Profitable Project Plan or created all of the things that became that program so I could work less and I could go and take six, seven, eight, nine weeks of vacation a year and truly shut down and not check email and not do client work while I'm traveling because I have that limited amount of time Right. And now my kids are 15 and 17, you know, where Natalie's going to college next year. And I'm like, God, when my kids are gone, sure, I could work more. Like, what am I going to do when nobody's here to play with? Yeah. (laughs) But for right now, success to me is being able to obviously not travel in 2020, but being able to spend as much time with them as I can and really, really suck all that up before they have they move on. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And I mean, it's. It's not exactly the same, but my daughter is going to be going to school next September. Yeah. She'll be spending more of her time outside the house than inside the house, right? Like she'll, so, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's been nice. I could just pop upstairs and say like, Hey kiddo, what are you doing? She's been watching the Star Wars Lego holiday special, which warms my heart. Oh, I know I she's like my favorite person. Uh, I guess I can't really say that anymore because I have two. Anyway. <laughs> she's your favorite daughter. <laughs> she's my favorite daughter. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Restrict Content Pro. If you need a fast, easy way to set up a membership site for yourself or your clients, look no further than the Restrict Content Pro WordPress plugin. Easily create premium content for members using your favorite payment gateway, manage members, send member-only emails, and more. You can create any number of subscription packages, including free trials and even free tiers. But that's not all. Their extensive add-ons library allows you to do even more, like drip out content, connect with any number of CRMs and newsletter tools, including my favorite, ConvertKit, and you can integrate with other WordPress plugins like BBPress. When the Build Something Club comes out later this month, you can bet it's going to be using Restrict Content Pro. I'm a big fan of the team, I'm a big fan of the tool, and I know they do fantastic work over there. If you want to learn more about Restrict Content Pro and start making money with your own membership site today, head on over to howibuilt.it 
slash RCP. That's howibuilt.it slash RCP to learn more and get a special offer for listeners only. Thanks so much to Restrict Content Pro for supporting the show. So we've both established now why we have started our businesses. Uh, when we're talking about profitable project plan, um, again, the last time you were on the show, you kind of talked about uh, what exactly, like how you came up with the idea and things like that. Um, it has evolved considerably since the last time we spoke. Maybe we can talk about some of the deci- So a little bit about uh, exactly what it is, because uh, I don't think we've touched on that yet. Um, it's already been very tangential. Jen, Jen and I usually see each other a couple of times a year, but we have not, obviously, in 2020. Um, so uh, a little bit about what, what it is and the goals of the program and then how, uh, how it's evolved uh, since the last time we spoke. Profitable Project Plan is, a, is basically my business in a box. Everything, every system, process, resource, script, call framework, email that I've written for clients to walk them through and handhold them through the website building process, to bring leads in, to build recurring revenue, uh, to manage contracts and change orders and get paid for all of the time that you're working. This program combines all of those things and then the training on why it was created and how to use it and how to implement it in your business. Uh, So that's kind of the premise of the program itself. Now, it has changed a lot since the last time we talked. Uh, Like you said, the program began as a six-week course. It is now a 10-month. It's now a 10-month program. It is uh, 35 lessons, uh, all live with me. It is me and you live, 35 live lessons, 35 live Q&As, 35 handbooks, uh, one for every lesson, plus scripts and templates and resources. And not only has the content and the curriculum of the course evolved and grown over time, the software I use to deliver the course has changed over time, um, partly because I was putting off launching right? I was delaying. I was putting it off. Like, no, it has to be perfect. I want it to be all the big vision of the things I've imagined. And so that led to me doing nothing. And um, I got a kick in the pants by a good friend who put me on the spot and made me launch it, uh, like, with the worst, like, worst thing ever, right? Um, But it got me out the door. I got the beta going. It got testing coming in. And from there, every single time I ran it, I looked at how can I make this better? right? How can I make this better for people? And I got real-time input, right? Every time I run Profitable Project Plan, at the end, I do a survey, right? You do a course survey. What did you think? What would what do you wish was in the program that wasn't? Like, what's missing? Uh, all of those kinds of questions. And uh, I gather my testimonials in that survey, and I incentivize people filling out that survey by gifting them with another lesson or some kind of free thing that if you fill out the survey, you get invited to a special training only available for people who fill out that survey. So I have a very large number of course participants fill out that survey and they tell me what's missing. They tell me what they wish was in it. They tell me what, um, I don't really get much of that anymore because, because the program has grown so much, but each time I've been able to look at those surveys and say, okay, what would bring the most value to people in this program? So the first time I ran it, it was just me talking like this, like just talking head. 
And then like the second time I ran it, right? I tweaked things a little bit. Like now it's full. Every single lesson has a full deck of slides, like the thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of slides I have created for this are bonkers. Bonkers. Because I'm also not somebody who's going to sit here and talk to you while one slide sits on the screen for five minutes, right? Because that's boring. Who wants to do that? So there's just an insane, but I didn't have one slide the first several times I ran it, right? I didn't have examples of all the worksheets and things. Like I would give you, fill out this worksheet, complete this exercise. And somebody's like, you know what? It would actually be really helpful if we could see this already done. Like, oh, that's a really good idea. So now every worksheet I give you in the program, I also give it to you completed. So if you don't know what to say or you're stuck, you can see how somebody else might've filled it out or completed it. So those things kind of, everything didn't come the first time, right? The first time was a beta. It was, hey, let's see if this works. I don't even think that I had like all the workbooks and everything the first time, right? And we introduced the workbooks and we introduced scripts and then more call frameworks and all of these different things. But um, each time it's just, how can I add more value? How can I add more value? Um, And how can I tweak what I'm already doing so that it's easier, so that there are fewer questions, right? Part of having live Q&A in the program was totally selfish, right? People think, ooh, Q&A, sweet, this is going to benefit me. I'm like, no, this totally benefits me. (laughs) You asking questions tells me where my content is deficient, right? If I deliver a lesson for an hour and then there's Q&A and there are a lot of questions, me as the course creator need to listen to those questions and say, where's my content in this training failing, you know, falling down that these are the questions being asked. So then I go back and I update that training to address some of those questions. So every time I run it, there's less and less and less questions. Um, and I think too, technology changes. So like Gutenberg and the block editor wasn't a thing when I launched the course. So At one point, we had to go back and change some of the client training materials and the education materials and the way we talked about websites. Because if I had just kept selling the same course, people be like, this is, but this is old. Like, this isn't how WordPress does it anymore. So you have to go back and update those things and make sure that it's current so that everything is still applicable. Yeah, that, that's super interesting. Uh, So, um, I like what you said about the Q&A. Uh, yeah, because I did the same thing right when the pandemic started. I uh, started offering like free 15-minute calls to people who want to start podcasts. And lots of people were like, this is great. Like, you're so generous with your time. And I'm like, this is market research for me. Like, what? I'm revamping my course. What am I going to include in it now? Somebody actually, they're like, what's in this for you? And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm getting information from you. Like you're a warm lead now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not pretending that this is like some just, I get nothing out of it, you know? No, nope, like, this focus groups one person at a time. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's perfectly fine. You get help. I get help. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I love that. And then um, you mentioned the technology changes. And so I'm... Oh, it did. Yeah. So I'm really interested to see like, because we talked about your gear the last time too. Um, just because I'm all about that. Uh, I feel like our gear has changed uh, similarly. Um, so what what do you have going on in the background now? What's your control center look like? 
Well, from a foundational perspective, right, the, the course was always run on WordPress, but I used MemberPress when I first launched. In terms of membership software, I adore MemberPress. It is easy to use. It is easy to learn. Like it made getting a course up and running so simple and fast. So I love MemberPress. But as my course started to grow and I had different kinds of content and different things and I wanted different menus and I wanted different stuff out of it, right? I wanted to provide a different kind of experience. Uh, I ended up switching over to, um, oh, also Payment Gateway. So I switched over to LearnDash and WooCommerce because I also needed to be able to sell tickets to Content Camp and all of these other things. So MemberPress with Stripe and PayPal made it easy to get started. But in terms of me selling other things like Tickets to Content Camp, other courses, whatever it might be, I needed a robust solution for payments. And so when I switched over to WooCommerce, I'm like, this is probably a good time for me to start looking at course solutions. And I switched over to LearnDash, which also is what powers Content Camp. Uh, so I switched over to that in terms of software to deliver the program. Um, I use Zoom to do all the live sessions, uh, Vimeo to host all my videos and embed them in on my site. Uh, I'm thinking, what else do I use? I've got my Scarlet. I don't know what the whole thing is. My fancy mic and my is it, yeah, the uh, is the it's not the solo. It's like the i. It's like the big one, right? It's not the i two i. It's like the i eight i or something like that. It is the Scarlet one eight i twenty. That's it. Yeah, it's a big one. Yep, and it's got this whole little rack system right here. Yep, I used your blog post to get that rack system. I had a different interface, which I've switched twice since we last spoke. Um, I have the Roadcaster Pro now, which I love. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. Well, and I think some of it too is looking at the room. Like the first time I ran this, I had a blue wall behind me. Like if you look at my older videos, the wall was blue and it was nice, but it was so hideous on video. And then I had some echo in my office. So we got rid of the blinds and hung two layers of curtains and blackout curtains. And we put in the new wall behind me to kind of give me something more plain um, and brought in some sound deadening panels. Like I've got these things that nice. just sit on my desk. Yeah. RLX uh, desk max. Yeah. They just kind of go all the way around yeah. in the front of me. I think we have the same person telling us what gear we should get. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, I think we do. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's like each year I kind of, at the end of the year, I look at all the equipment I'm using and I look at where, you know, could I do a little bit better, upgrade my quality a little bit more. Um, I look at equipment, you know, that kind of stuff at the end of the year. And every year I tend to add like something that just kind of makes it a little bit better. And every yeah, year you got to get a little better. Absolutely. I th something that's really helped me this year that might help you, um, especially with the live streams is, uh, but also with my own courses, I like to switch between slides in my face, keep it dynamic, like you said. Um, and I recently hired a video editor because I recent I realized like that was the biggest bottleneck in my own courses. And I'll just give it to somebody who will will take like a fraction of the time and the cost to deliver great videos. But to make his job easier, I got a stream deck uh, and I use Ecamm Live to kind of switch between screens easily. Uh, so like I'll switch between slides in my face or I'll bring in my face on the slide. Um, 
But that's that's really helped me in my courses, and that was a big upgrade for this year. I have one of those, and I have not set it up yet. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I'll I can I will show. See, this is I need a pro yeah, to go yeah. set up my gear. <laughs> yeah, I can help you with that. I'm about to upgrade to the Stream Deck XL, uh, which is like 32 buttons because I realized. I gave Brian Richards advice that I did not take myself. He's like, should I get the 15 button or the 32 button? And I'm like, you are going to hate Always yourself. Always buy more than you need. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I have the 15 and with the end of the year, spend money. So I spend less on taxes uh, strategy. Uh, I'm not an accountant. Um, That's why I'm um, like, folks, this is the best time to invest in profitable project plan. If you need to spend money at the end of the year, why not spend it on something that's going to help you make more money? Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, yes. So that's, so I loved talking, I love talking gear. Um, and, and the setup, I'm, I'm happy to hear you. I'm, I'm a big fan of learn dash. Um, I'm like, I think I'm still the boot camp videos. Like if you look at those intro videos, I think that's still me. Nice. Yeah. It's been a nice switch. I like the structure. Um, it was interesting selling the live, like content camp, the live workshop, running the live content workshops and things like each workshop session was a different lesson in learn dash. So the, there was like the whole workshop was, was a course, but we went through the course live each day. Like it facilitated it really, really nice. And I could integrate chat roles. So there's live chat. And then we jumped over to live zoom working sessions. Like I really like the, I really like the software. I think there's, I think there's some things that are missing in it. But nothing's perfect. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's that's and I, they've done a lot of work. I think 3.0 came out this year. Yeah, content protection is where I have the issue. Like, why the hell is that not built in? And yeah. why is the only option a super bloated like plugin that has e-commerce and all kinds of other crap that you don't need in it? Yeah. So actually, uh, they they just rolled out groups slash memberships in like July. Um, so I, I don't know. But I'm talking like content protection for PDFs and oh, course oh, materials. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like with, with MemberPress, yeah. I use delightful downloads. Like if you mm. didn't have that membership and you weren't logged in, you couldn't download anything. That kind of seems like a no brainer for online mm. course stuff. That's super interesting. That's so interesting. That's my wish list. If anybody is listening. Yeah. That's my wish list item. <laughs> du- duly noted those who work at LearnDash. Uh, I'm but pretty I sure. I love that software. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. If you run courses, it's been fantastic for me. Yeah, likewise. I've been on it since since I launched my online courses. I was using Sensei at first. And then Justin reached out and was like, hey, why are you using Sensei? And I'm like, I didn't know anything else existed. And he's like, well, try LearnDash. And I'm like, okay. So I've been on that forever. Plus it does, I mean, if, you, uh, if you're still using MemberPress, it does have MemberPress integration too. So it's just, I think it's really flexible, very affordable. Uh, this is not an ad for <laughs> LearnDash That's at all. true. They were not one of the sponsors. That they you were listened. not. Yeah. Um, uh, but though I will say uh, Restrict Content Pro also integrates with LearnDash. So the sponsor does as well. This episode is brought to you by Text Expander. It's a new year and you can start off on the right foot by reclaiming your time. With Text Expander, you can save time by converting any text you type into keyboard shortcuts called snippets. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. 
With Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take back your time and increase your productivity in the new year. And let me just say that snippets is not all it does. With advanced snippets, you can create fill-ins, pop-up fields, and much more. You can even use JavaScript or AppleScript. I can type out full instructions for my podcast editor, Hi Joel, in just a few keystrokes. Another one of my favorite and most used snippets is PPT. This will take whatever text I have on my keyboard and convert it to plain text, so I'm no longer fighting formatting. Plus, if you have employees or contractors, you can use Text Expander to manage and share snippets with them so you all get it right every time. I've recently started sharing Text Expander snippets with my virtual assistant. This year, How I Built It is focusing on being productive while working from home. Text Expander is the perfect tool for that. Plus, they're providing resources and blog posts to help you make the most of their tool and be productive. Text Expander is available on Mac OS, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad. If you've been curious about trying Text Expander or simple automation in general, now is the time. Listeners can get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com slash podcast and let them know that I sent you. So that's your your gear, your setup, your tech stack. Um, and then we kind of got the methodology for how you um, evolved your content over time. Um, you've added a lot of content to, obviously, um, how did you how did you decide what to include? Was it like whatever got the most votes made it in or were you answering specific questions? Or? So that's a great question. Um, when I first started offering Profitable Project Plan, I offered Profitable Project Plan and Profitable Project Plan Pro. Mm. <laughs> that was the worst idea. Like, so, like such a bad idea because everybody wants Pro, but People cheap out and then they buy the other one. But then they spend all the time in the Q&A asking the things that are covered in pro. And you don't want to be like, thanks for that question. If you would have spent more money, then you would have this. But you can't. <laughs> like, you can't be rude. Right, So right. it, I felt like I was constantly in this weird position of like, well, we cover that in the thing. Like, such a bad idea. Uh, so after that one time, I'm like, <clears throat> We're getting rid of that. We're getting rid of it. And I'm rolling everything that was in pro into the regular. And that was the getting paid, all the getting paid. Because originally Profitable Project Plan was just the everything needed to run a WordPress project from start to finish, right? From, from, from onboarding, welcoming your client in and onboarding to post-launch follow-up and value add. Pro was money matters and getting paid on time and sales calls and contracts and change orders and all those things. So I really was like, okay, 
Pro was a huge pain in my butt. I'm going to roll everything in a profitable project plan and just offer one thing. So all that got merged in and it went from like six lessons to nine. And then I was getting lots and lots of questions about copy and web and strategy. So that made it like expand to like 14-ish. We expanded a little bit more. Um, But I was getting all these questions like, I have this process down, right? I took Profitable Project Plan. I implemented everything in the program. My projects are now taking me less time. I finally have time to get out there and market. How do I get clients? Like, how do I get clients? And I noticed that that started popping up in the Q&A more and more and more. And so I created a second course called Lucrative Leads. I originally launched it as an evergreen standalone course. And I realized that I kind of hate evergreen courses. I missed the live. I missed the interaction and all of that. And everybody in Profitable Project Plan was like, but I need the leads stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to roll Lucrative Leads into Profitable Project Plan too. So I took all the stuff that was in Lucrative Leads. I rejiggered it a little bit to completely customize it for designers and developers instead of being more generic for entrepreneurs. And I rolled it into Profitable Project Plan. So then it expanded to have the whole lead generation section. But, uh, and recurring revenue was the bonus. Like recurring revenue was the bonus training for when people filled out the survey. But it was so popular we rolled that into the actual core part of the program. And there were so many questions and so many people were like, tell me all the things about recurring revenue that that lesson was so crazy. I'm like, okay, we need to expand on this. So it became a six unit lesson, like a six unit portion of profitable project plan by itself. Um, and then I talked to so many people again in the Q&A throughout the program. They're like, but what about people that buy your, they want a website, but like, then they don't have a logo. And they don't have a brand. Like, how do you change onboarding? How do you change how you start a project when you have to back up and do a logo and color palette and typography? And how do you manage that? And I was going through that in Q&A and I thought, I created all the same systems I created for the website stuff, for the branding stuff in my business. Like, at this point, I'm already practically giving them my entire business. What's that part two? <laughs> like, I might as well add that in. So that was the last piece that got added in. So now we're at, you know, 35 live lessons and it's lifetime access, which acts a little bit different from what I'm, I'm learning about how other people do lifetime access is a little bit different than how I think about it. My lifetime access is truly Every single thing that's in this program, you get forever. And not just, I enrolled in 2017, so I get what was in 2017 forever. It's, I enrolled, and anything that gets added to the program forever, I also get to benefit from. So we have people that have been in the program for a couple years that they re, they'll retake the course or show up in different lessons, and they're like, hey, like 2020, I nailed my Legion, or I nailed this part. Like in 2021, my focus is on recurring revenue. So they'll show up and they'll look at the recurring revenue lessons and they'll go through that and they'll focus there and implement there. But with lifetime access, you have the ability to do that without being stressed. Like if I don't go to every single thing and I do every single thing and sacrifice every other thing in my life, I'm going to lose access. Like that's a terrible feeling. So like, no, you can just have it forever. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I love that you said that because I approach it the same way. Like you buy the course, 
anytime I add stuff to the course, you have purchased the course. And so maybe the people who are buying it today pay more than you paid because now that they're getting true. all that, that content. My first beta was only 500 bucks. Yeah, see, ex- exactly. So that's like huge value for those people. But, the, you know, they, they played the waiting game a little bit to get some of the newer stuff as well, right? If you want it all today, you're paying one price. These people bought in early and their reward for supporting it early is they get the new stuff too. I, well, that's the thing. Yeah. I feel like the the people who are like, you get lifetime access to exactly what it was the day you bought it. It's almost kind of like punishing the people that believed in you in your early days. Yeah, yeah, I'm exactly. Like, that's janky. Right. So what? So I get some updated <laughs> modules every couple of years. Like WordPress changed. That's worth the lifetime access, I guess. Uh, like it, it's just... I agree wholeheartedly with you. Yeah. Um, I've bought some lifetime, some access to lifetime. And these courses were like, like less than 50 bucks cheap. So I'm like not that mad about it. But like, uh, they'll say like, you get lifetime access for whatever, $30. And then like a couple of years later, like I had to revamp the course. So like you get a discount on the new version of the course. And I'm like, that's not lifetime access. That's not lifetime access. Uh, again, I'm not that mad because it was like $30, but... That's not lifetime access. <laughs> that is true. I love that. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, with the lifetime access people. So you have a live. So this, uh, this is, there's a, a live portion of it, as you mentioned. Um, the people who like signed up in 2017, if they just want to show up to this year's live sessions, like can they, or yeah. is it, or is, that's. Wow, that is huge value. That is huge value. Yeah. So at the end of this year, which is like next week, everybody <laughs> who was in, everybody who is a profitable project plan now, we call them profitable project plan alumni, which means you've already gone through one full version of the program. You have alumni access, which is a new Learn Dash course with everything that was in the immediate past program. Because profitable project plan, everything's rolled out weekly. Right. So the whole normal one resets to, Week one. Gotcha. So they give, when you're an alumni, you have two courses, the current mm-hmm. that rolls out every week, and then the alumni with everything from the immediate past. So you can go back right. to anything you want, but also in terms of the weekly emails of like, hey, this lesson is coming up. This is what we're doing. Next week, an email will go out to everybody that says, hey, for 2021, do you want to get communications like a new student or do you want alumni only? And you can choose. So if you want the heads up email every Monday, this is what we're doing this week. This is the time. This is where we're at. Here's all the details. You can get that. And it doesn't matter if you signed up in 2016 or 2021. Ah, uh, that's so smart. That's really, I'm like, uh, I'm thinking about, thinking about things. <laughs> Je- uh, Jennifer Bourne has delivered a high value for me today. Cause we, again, we're, we're recording this, some, some time vortex stuff. We're recording this on the same day we recorded the webinar, which was live. This is out several weeks after the webinar. Uh, but there's, I have a lot of stuff to think about over uh, the holiday now, which is, of course, for you listening live has already happened. So hopefully you're seeing me do things based on this conversation. Um, so, gosh, we've been talking for a long time already. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I had a question about the content camp. Sure. Uh, because you were talking about LearnDash and I'm like, as you were talking about it, I'm like, it's weird that she's using LearnDash for like an in-person thing. And then I remembered about 2020, how <laughs> there are no in-person oh. things. So you ran, you ran that as an online workshop this year. Yes. 
I did. 2019 was the first year. We were all in a big ballroom and we got to workshop yes. together. And then I, I had thought, hardcore FOMO for that, by the way. I forget. I had a conflict. Uh, it was but so I was like, good. Uh, I, I know it was. And my food was so good. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't um, doubt that at all. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 2020, obviously we couldn't do that. Um, I was just about to sign a venue contract when the stay-at-home orders all went into place. So we had to rethink, like, how do you hold? Because the, the thing that's amazing about Content Camp is it's totally interactive. You're doing the work on the spot. It isn't show up and watch somebody tell you everything you should do, and then you have to go right. figure out how to do it on your own later. It's like, let's get it done on the spot right now and ask questions if you if you get stuck. So I had to figure out, like, how do you, what's the best way to do that? in a way that we can take it online and look at how do I do that without overwhelm? And when people are already having Zoom fatigue, right, they're already kind of at this point of like being overwhelmed with too much on their plate. And we did, um, I used LearnDash. And what we did, like I said, each, each workshop in Content Camp is a different lesson. And they would unlock at the time of that workshop. And we put, we pre-recorded the training so they would, it would unlock. If you had, were coming to a workshop at 12 o'clock at 12, at 1155, it would unlock. And there was a short 15-ish to 20-minute-ish training video that walked you through a concept. And that entire training was documented in a workbook you got. And then we all jumped. Then there was a live chat roll so you could ask questions and we were answering questions. So the pre-recorded video taught, I was live answering questions in the chat role. And when the video ended, we jumped in a live Zoom working session to do the work that we just learned about and talked about. And they had the workbook to help facilitate that. It was almost 300 pages. By the time you take into like the title page and like notes pages and different things, but every single workshop session had the instructions, had all the content for the training, worksheets to help you get it all done, screenshots and instructions, and then the pages to kind of work and do the work with the premise of what if you wanted to sit down on a Saturday on the couch under a cozy blanket and get this work done without sitting in front of your computer and being on Zoom because you're sick and tired of Zoom? Well, the workbook was like content camp without the computer. That's super interesting. So, so now it's, it's 2021 as people are hearing this. Uh, it's, the pandemic is still happening. Uh, are you, are you definitely going to, are you going to do it again? Is it going to be online again? Have you not announced that yet? Like if that's like super secret information. We are doing I'm, content camp again. Okay. Uh, we are, I'm actually going to start running content camp more than one time a year. Nice. So, um, uh, my initial premise with content camp was like, let's come together and get a year's worth of content ideas, brainstormed, mapped out and ready to go. Yes, you can totally do that. But is it more effective to say, what does my content look like for the next 90 days? Is that more doable? Yes. Is there less overwhelm with that and pressure with that? Yes. So we're looking at a shorter time frame of like, what can I get done in the next 90 days? Or if you want to do six months, like what can I, what does my plan look like? And let's, let's map that out. And let's map that out from how do I make money 
and reverse engineer that. So every single thing that you do with your content leads people to the way that you get paid, right? That's the key is everything that you're doing, having a purpose of putting money in your pocket while delivering great value. So content camp is going to happen more than once in 2021. And the next one is in March. All right. Well, I will link to that as well. As of right now, it's in March, maybe April, but March. Yeah. March, April-ish, towards the end of Q1, beginning of Q2. Uh, so I'll link to that in the show notes as well. Again, that's going to be over at howibuilt.it slash 201. Uh, I think that's really valuable. And I wanted to bring that up because I feel like they might, uh, that and profitable project plan go, uh, you know, hand in hand. You mentioned uh, the content should be leading people to help make you money. The profitable project plan is the thing that puts those systems in place to help you be as efficient as possible. Um, so we've talked about, well, I didn't ask explicitly the question, how did you build it? But that's been the whole conversation this whole time. That is true. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so as we, uh, well, so first of all, was there anything, you mentioned that like evergreen courses didn't work for you. Um, is there anything that you removed from the, cor- from the, from the profitable, pro- from, uh, actually, hold on. Lucrative leads? Uh, profitable project plan. That is there anything you removed from there because you realized it wasn't working or anything that you reworked uh, as, as far as that goes? Ooh, that's a good question. There were a couple like client bonuses that I pulled out of Profitable Project Plan because I, I thought it, they were a little bit redundant with some of the other stuff we were talking about. And I wanted to use them in Content Camp. <laughs> So, <laughs> so I'm like, we need to be a little more strategic here on our end as well, right? Of, yeah. of looking at uh, what we're doing. So a couple things changed in that that regard over time. Um, I think like the the recurring revenue unit that's now six trainings, like the the copywriting content that was in there was originally a bonus. The recurring revenue unit that's there started out as a bonus, like a test the waters. Will people mm-hmm. even like this? So some of the original bonuses and things like that have disappeared and been replaced with more comprehensive versions or more comprehensive training. Um, And then just, I think we've pulled out some of the older content that as WordPress has evolved and changed and the way the editors, you know, working the block editor uh, showed up and all of that, like you have to get rid of the old stuff that doesn't align with how things are being done today. Gotcha. That I I like that a lot, especially the the. It's interesting doing the bonus stuff, uh, as kind of like was it just like like one video that you kind of just like touched on the topic a little bit and then you're like yeah, this it was works. Like, hey, if you fill out this course survey, then I'm going to do this copywriting bonus and see what is the what is the feedback and people are like yeah this was amazing. I wish that there was the whole lesson, like all the stuff, and I'm like, okay, clearly we can. We could, this should be more than a bonus, right? So, um, so I use bonuses a lot of times, especially the ones for doing surveys and things like that and gathering testimonials and all of that um, as a way to test out new content that I'm thinking about using to see what the feedback is going to be. This episode is brought to you by Hostinger. 
Hosting is a dime a dozen these days, with lots of places claiming to be optimized for platforms like WordPress while also being affordable. But they don't deliver on that promise. I know because I've tried a bunch of different hosting companies. But you know who does deliver? Hostinger does. I recently started using Hostinger for a personal project and I was blown away by how easy the setup was and how affordable their packages are. Just a few dollars a month. They offer the best price to quality ratio I've ever seen. And again, I've used a ton of hosting companies. Their dashboard is well-designed and easy to use. They offer a free domain and SSL certification, and they're optimized for WordPress. Music to my ears. When I set up my site, I was happy to see they put some real thought into the WordPress onboarding and setup process. Buying a domain was easy, then you pick the template you wanna use, and they set up the site for you in mere minutes. Plus, they use Astra for all of their site templates with an assist for Elementor. So I know the site will be fast. I think that is such a great idea and addition. Uh, and uh, again, it shows that they really thought about what they're doing here. Plus, they have caching and you can very affordably add Cloudflare for a CDN. Between that and daily backups and being able to manage WordPress plugins without having to log into the WordPress dashboard, I was sold. So if you're looking for affordable hosting for your side project or business that's fast, secure, and optimized for WordPress, Hostinger is it. Head over to hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona to see what plans they offer. I recommend the business shared plan. And use the code Joe Casabona for an additional discount. That's hostinger.com slash Joe Casabona, H-O-S-T-I-N-G-E-R.com slash Joe Casabona and use the code Joe Casabona at checkout. Thanks to Hostinger for sponsoring the show and let's get back to it. My biggest takeaway here is that um, you built profitable project plan over an amount of time it evolved, right? You didn't just launch the whole thing at once and you're like, this made me rich overnight. It's amazing. Um, you did a lot of testing and you're better off because of it. You're, you're, uh, do you call them students or attendees or? Participants. Participants. They're better off because of it because they're getting a lot of value and they're contributing to, um, you know, the, the, how the, how the, uh, course is shaped over time. I think that's great. You know, I, I've rolled out like big multi-hour long courses kind of in a vacuum. And then I'm like stuck there wondering like, did I waste my time on this? Is this really what people wanted? So. I think there's this, this thing that happens when you invest, you don't really think about the change that it's going to have, like the effect that it's going to have on you personally. Right. When you invest in a program like Profitable Project Plan or some other business training program, whatever it might be, you think, "Ooh, I'm going to invest in this and I'm going to improve my business. Right. I'm going to get this thing done. And you don't really think about the fact that when you actively work on your business and you build systems and you build processes and you document what you're doing and you get scripts in place, when you do all of this work, every bit of that work is honing your craft which means you as the expert get better 
and you have a greater fundamental understanding of what you're doing. And because you've documented it and everything else, you also bring greater confidence to, to the table every time you show up for a sales call or for consulting or just a meeting with the client. Because you've done all this foundational work, you know you've got systems supporting you, right? You know your process inside and out. You can talk to people with confidence that you kind of discount some of that personal growth that ends up happening as a byproduct from actively working on your business and improving the way that your business is showing up every day. Yeah. uh, Man, that's fantastic. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, it's giving me a lot to think about right now. So uh, th- thank you for that advice and that I, that makes perfect sense. Because um, a lot of times, you know, like uh, I have a podcasting course. I never really thought about, I mean, I thought like kind of on a, a micro level, like I need to do these things and I need to do this and I need to make sure this gets done. And I, I built the process as I was doing it, but putting it all into a course made me think of it as kind of like the macro level. How does all of this uh, become one big thing, one big process for me to efficiently podcast because podcasts take a lot of time and a lot of us don't have a lot of time. So how can I make this as efficient as possible? So you're right. I, as I put the course together, it made me think about my processes and how they all work together. It uh, makes it easier for me to talk about those processes when I go on other podcasts and yeah. it helped me improve those processes to make it even more efficient for me. So as we wrap up here, um, I always like to ask if you have any tips for the listeners. Now, uh, we talked about the Profitable Project Plan. And so um, if, there, if there's some piece of advice that you could give listeners as it pertains to what you teach in the Profitable Project Plan, that would be great. Or if there's like some amazing thing you learned putting it together that we haven't talked about yet, that would also be a great tip for the people listening to this episode. Ooh, that's a really good question. I would say two things. First, if you have never spent time documenting everything that you do in your business, do it. It is the most enlightening exercise you will ever do. Not only from realizing how much time you waste on dumb crap, but you are going to start seeing patterns in your behaviors. Right? If you sit down and everything you do each day, you just get a notebook and write it down, line, line, line after line. Keep doing that. For like When I first started doing this in my business, I documented every single thing I did every single day for three months straight. I've done this multiple times over the years, but when you go back and look at that, you see patterns of things you're doing over and over and over. And if it's showing up over and over, it should be documented and then delegated or systematized or automated, right? Automate that with with software, delegate it to somebody else, get a VA, hire somebody, whatever it is. But if you are doing it over and over and over and over, it is something that should be part of a system or process that you can delegate or automate. That's number one. Number two is, um, what was number two? Oh, I know. Okay. <laughs> 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 Woo! I was going to... I was going to stress out there for a minute. (laughs) I think number two is really looking at what your goals are in your business, 
right? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to work on? Where do you see yourself in a year? Like if at the end of the year you didn't get X, Y, Z done, what are you going to be bummed about? Right? So many of us at the beginning of the year set these big lofty goals, right? We set these New Year's resolutions. We set these big goals. And when they're too big, we often end up abandoning that goal because it's like the amount of work to get to that big giant goal is crazy. So we look at what do you want to get done in 2021? What do you want to get done in this year? And then break that up into little milestones. What are little milestones that you can achieve? And create little points of celebration along the way. Right? That's one of the things in Profitable Project Plan why I like breaking up into units. You know, we do the, the money, the sensible sales unit where we talk about money and sales and contracts. And at the end of that, you've got a framework for your sales calls. You've got your contracts and your change orders dialed in. Like you've got this done. You've accomplished a lot. Like let's celebrate that. And then let's move on to the next unit, right? Little celebrations along the way as you take action. But the key is looking at what's your big goal? And what are the little things that you, you, the little milestones to help you get there? Because that's also going to help you prevent or prevent distraction. It's going to help prevent that bright, shiny object syndrome of instead of constantly making steps down the path to your goal, you get like, ooh, I'm going to go in this way. Oh, I'm going to, and then you have to come back, right? So when you have a clear goal and you have little milestones along the way to work toward and you get to celebrate, it's more exciting and it keeps you on track and it keeps things fun. Great advice. Great advice. It, this actually goes hand in hand with uh, the season premiere, episode 200, which uh, as you're listening to this came out last week. But again, Time Vortex, I haven't recorded it yet. But if you haven't listened to it, it's all about my 2021 yearly theme. Jen Bourne, have you heard of the idea of a yearly theme? I have. Yeah. So see, uh, so I, I mean, I talk all about it in last week's episode. So go listen to that. But uh, I think that's, I think it's the same idea, right? You, um, instead of setting these like big overwhelming goals that you could get distracted about, have a yearly theme. Um, this year, mine is the year of opportunity. So how am I going to create good opportunities for myself? Um, and then again, have guide, have guideposts, have little goals along the way and celebrate those little goals as you do them. Love it. Uh, I didn't explicitly ask if you have any trade secrets for us, but I, you've given us a lot today. So I, I, <laughs> I'm just going to ask, uh, where can people find you if they are interested? The Profitable Project Plan is uh, might be currently running as this episode comes out. Uh, this episode uh, is out on January 12th. So um, might be running. We will, as a, we will be talking about money that week, how to get paid on time, every time, and no longer work for free. Gotcha. So if, if we have, a, so first of all, can people still sign up for it? Yes. Uh, so if if you want to learn about money this week, and I assume hit the back catalog of the lesson that you missed, uh, where can people sign up for that as well? Jenniferborn.com is where you go. Jenniferborn.com slash profitable project plan is where you can find all the details. Fantastic. And Again, I will link to all of that in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 201. Jennifer Bourne, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks to everybody listening. Thanks to this week's sponsors, Restrict Content Pro, Text Expander, and Hostinger. And until next time, 
Get out there and build something. <laughs>